0: I often talk about how much we like to feature stories from everyday Amazon sellers. Here's another one, but with one big difference. This Amazon wholesaler is a longtime NHL player and has his name engraved twice on the Stanley Cup. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got a serious seller on the line with us today. Stefan, how's it going?
1: Good, Bradley. How are you? Excellent.
0: I'm doing just ducky. They don't say that in Canada, do they?
1: <laughs> Never heard that.
0: <laughs> I, I I don't think they say that here in America, but but my my dad somehow <laughs> started saying that and, and I say it sometimes. Anyways, as always, I love talking to people who come from different backgrounds, and we've all kind of gotten to the same place here in e-commerce. And and every single episode, we've done, you know, over a hundred now. There's always very unique backgrounds. You know, we've had lawyers, we've had people studying to be doctors who are now in e-commerce. We've had Elementary school dropouts, even, you know, some now become nine figure sellers. So we've had some great origin stories and you've got one of the most interesting, but let's, let's go ahead and take it back a few years. Way before you started in e-commerce, you actually grew up in Canada,
1: right? Oh uh, yeah. Back East, uh, just West of Montreal.
0: And, and growing up, did you have like already, you know, life goals? Hey, I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to do, I wanted to be a doctor or what, what, what did you envision your, your professional life coming out to be
1: when, when you were younger? Yeah. uh grew up in a small town, maybe a thousand people, um, played a lot of hockey growing up uh, my parents were teachers. So I thought I'd go to school and get an education, but uh, okay. I a little differently.
0: All right. So then how did things work out as you got older and what, what did uh, you get into?
1: Yeah. So, uh, again, school was a priority for our family, but, um, uh, I ended up, uh, moving up the ranks in hockey and, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to, to play in the NHL for 15 years. So
0: Excellent. Excellent. That's, that's so cool. And, and yeah. you actually had some, uh, some, some minor success there, you know, something called a Stanley cup or two here or there, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I was lucky enough to, to, uh, move to Denver, play for the Colorado avalanche and, uh, we won my first year in the league. So that was pretty, uh, that was pretty exciting. So and then end up winning in 2001 again.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Side note, one of our content writers here, and he's actually one of the main gentlemen who who edits these podcasts and, and writes the notes and everything. He actually used to play hockey, not in the NHL, but he's a big hockey fan. And when he found out we were interviewing, he's like, Oh wow, that's so cool. I remember he actually lives in Colorado now. He's like, he was, he was the, uh, Stefan was the the gel guy, the glue guy uh, of the teams back in those days. So I'm like, all right, cool. Myself. I've never was much of a hockey fan, but it was kind of a bandwagon when I was younger when, when, you know, Wayne Gretzky came to the LA yeah. King. So that kind of got me into it, you know, my
1: first exposure, but anyways. Yeah. I remember my first game at the forum against oh. uh, Wayne. He was my idol growing up. So, so cool. Yeah. So cool. Get to getting, getting to play against
0: your idol there is, is imagine a dream come true for any kind of athlete, but now your kind of dreams are, are different than when you were a child and, and when you were a, a hockey player. Because yep. you're you're now, you know, outside of the professional sports ranks. And, you know, I assume when you when you retired, you you weren't just, you know, thinking about, hey, I'm gonna go sip margaritas on the beaches in Cancun for the rest of my life. You you, you kind of had that entrepreneurial bug and you wanted to do other things right after you retired. So what were some of those things that you got into after retirement?
1: Yeah, so I retired uh, roughly 10 years ago. Um took me a while to figure out what to do, uh, what to do next after hockey. But, um, eventually moved to Vegas, Las Vegas, uh, Henderson, opened the uh, fitness studio there and, uh, kind of did that for a few years. Uh, met some people down there in, uh, Vegas that, um, had a, an e-commerce business. They're good friends of ours. So that kind of piqued my interest. So, um, kind of s- started looking around and learning, uh, to see if I could uh, kind of dip my toes into that space. And then for the last two, three years now, we've, uh, we've been doing this.
0: Okay, cool. So how did you react to, to running a business like, you know, like that, you know, you, you played professional hockey for so long and now you're, you're running a gym. Was it kind of like a culture shock or did you go stir crazy at all? You know, no more traveling or, or how was yeah. that? How was that
1: transition? Yeah. yeah transition, uh, transition was tough for me. Um, you know, like, you kind of lose all your, your buddies and, uh, all, you know, is hockey. So I had to kind of, uh, soul search for a little bit to see what was, uh, of interest to me. And opening a gym was kind of a good fit cause I love fitness and, and, uh, I've been in that fitness space or hockey, I guess, for, for a lot of years. But, uh, then when you own a gym, there's a lot of stuff that comes into play as far as marketing and, and other, uh, kind of business, uh, business aspects. Mm-hmm. So it's been, uh, that was kind of like my introduction to, uh, some of the business stuff that, uh, we're learning right now and, uh, try to apply to our, to our own business now.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Now, by the way, guys, truth be told, you know, usually I don't know too much of the, of what my guests talk about. Cause I've, I haven't talked to them before, but, but Stefan, we actually met in Arizona, I was yep. doing a, a road trip to New Mexico. And and as some of you guys know who follow our Helium 10 Facebook groups or FBA High Rollers, what I always do whenever I travel, whether it's for work or for personal, I'll post in there and say, hey, anybody here in, in the middle of nowhere or anybody here in Barcelona or anybody here in Scottsdale, Arizona, or anybody here in Denver, Colorado, wherever I go, I love meeting up with Helium 10 users. And actually Stefan was uh, the only one who could come out. And so we had a great conversation. It was just great to hear a lot of this, but already I'm already hearing a, a couple of things that I haven't heard before, but let's get back to the story now. Like at what year exactly was it where you kind of were introduced to the, the Amazon
1: opportunity? Uh, early 2017, we took, uh, went to kind of a seminar in, uh, like a workshop in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then, um, start, you know, searching, looking at YouTube videos, trying to find some teachers, I guess, or coaches. And, uh, you know, trying to find my way around all the different, uh, all the good stuff that's on, uh, on YouTube and, and Facebook groups. And uh, it's taken a couple of years to kind of find my way through that. The noise of, you know, there's so many people that want to offer, uh, uh, Trainings and and uh, and coaching and and so forth. So now I kind of have a good grasp of who to follow and who to reach out to when uh, when I have questions.
0: Now, what was your your mindset as far as even being interested? You know, you were running a a business already, but was it you wanted a lifestyle change and you know not to have to 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 come to a gym of sweaty people every day, or, or yeah. what was it that even had you looking? to other endeavors in the first place.
1: Yeah, no, I love the fitness space it was awesome. People come to the gym because they want to be there and want to get mm-hmm. better. So, uh, the, uh, but my friends that own a business in, in Vegas, uh, you know, they're super cool. They, they're always traveling and they had uh, good flexibility as far as their lifestyle. So that's something that, uh, was super attractive to me. Okay. Now the,
0: the, uh, one of the courses that you ended up taking, uh, was it the, the wholesale formula?
1: yeah we took that uh i think that was summer of two thousand seventeen that was a great course mm-hmm. good foundation and uh from there we branched out to um to other courses i've taken kevin king's uh private label uh course which was awesome as well just uh Read
0: him ticket uh-huh
1: yep yeah, just a little more uh i mean it's private label based and it's got a little more information as far as uh a little deeper information, I would guess. And, yeah. You no, know, the wholesale formula is, uh, is wholesale, which is, that's our business. But, um, I just wanted to know more as far as, uh, everything Private else. Private label game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. We actually had, I, I don't know if you've heard the episode, but we actually had Dan from the wholesale formula on the podcast oh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. So make sure, make sure, make sure to check that out. So he, he told us a, a little bit about, you know, what he does, but I'd love to get a different viewpoint about wholesale because again, there are people out there who say, oh no, you know, private labels the only way to go. You know, things like arbitrage, things like wholesale, those are, those are dead in, in 2020. But can you tell our listeners strictly through wholesale, the wholesale model of selling, what was your gross revenue
1: in 2019? Uh, just shy of um, like 3 million like two, eight. Just
0: shy of $3 million. So, and that was all wholesale guys. So guys, this is still a very viable way of getting businesses. Now in your first year, like how, how did you grow? Obviously you you didn't go zero to 3 million in, in a couple of months. What's the process? Like, what do you look for when looking for a potential partner in, in using the wholesale model?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, initially the first year was, uh, just tons of learning. Again, my background was hockey, I didn't know how to open a spreadsheet. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm YouTubing how to you know how to format spreadsheets and and uh how to run spreadsheets or spreadsheets through different softwares. But uh I've two thousand nineteen was more the, the, the growth year where uh now we have a little more systems, we know um we're understanding the platform a little better. Uh wow we're reaching out to the companies where there's probably more uh, potential and growth. And I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, going through Kevin's training. You know, when we, when we talk to brands, we understand a little bit better what the, uh, what they're going through and how we can help them and bring value. So, uh, we might not be going after the same, uh, people that, uh, your typical wholesalers are going after.
0: Yeah. So, so what, what you're bringing to them is not just, Hey, let me resell your products, you know, sell it to me at 30% margins. Let me put it up on Amazon and let me get my own profit. But it's more like presenting to them kind of like uh, almost full service. Hey, we'll, we'll revamp your listings. You know, we'll manage your PPC, things like that.
1: Yeah. More along those lines, we're looking for long-term relationships where we can, like I said, add value and, um, you know, be in conversations with them on a weekly basis where we can, Help them on Amazon, or maybe even uh, uh, no, provide some some insight off Amazon as well. So marketing yeah. becomes no. That's one thing I'm kind of fascinated about is the marketing part of uh, of our business.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's so important because you know maybe three, four, five years ago, you know you could make a great living just just reselling product. You know, fi- finding a wholesaler, but then everybody got into that, kind of got saturated. And so a lot of these companies were saying, you know, we're, we're, not looking for other Amazon you know, sellers, but then when you come to them with actual proposition and you take the knowledge that private label sellers have about, mm-hmm. you know, what makes an optimized listing, you know, what makes good photography, how do you make your bullet points? How do you manage your PPC? These are things that a lot of these bigger companies or even smaller companies might not know how to do. So I could see how, how you, you've been, you know, that that's a very successful model. Now, What to you would be the biggest kind of drawback to the wholesale model, if there's any? Like, like what's a struggle or an obstacle that people wanting to get into that kind of model might come up against?
1: Good question. Um, Like I think, like you said, I wouldn't say it's saturated, but there's a lot of competition, and um, wholesale is it's not your product, so you you're at the mercy of the of, of the brand or the, yeah, I guess of the brand owner. So sometimes they might not be listening to, uh, exactly what you're, the the advice you're providing. So I guess when uh, you have a private label product, um, this is, it's your own baby. So you can, you make the decisions and, uh, you're, you're in full control. But, um, so that's one thing when we approach brands. Uh, you know, the more you help them, the more it, it feels like it becomes your own product.
0: One question about what you do with, with your wholesale customers, obviously you're, you're managing their, their listings, you're optimizing them, maybe helping them with PPC and things, but are you doing anything off Amazon for them? Like, are you helping them at all build their brand image or, 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 or build an email list or build Shopify sites or build Facebook groups or drive mm-hmm. outside traffic? Is any of that involved in in the wholesale
1: model that you run? Uh, not yet. It's something that uh, I've put a lot of work in and, and in 2020 that's, that'll be my focus is uh, to learn more about it. And uh, either, you know, again, I'm not trying to, el- to know everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I just try to learn enough and then I try to outsource it and find the right people to do it. So then we can offer it to the brand. Okay, okay, makes sense.
0: All right, now maybe some of our our listeners might be thinking, okay, well, well, this is an ex professional athlete. He probably had tons of money. He had a successful business even after that that he was making money. You know, that was probably why he was so successful. Now, you know, having capital is not a bad thing. But if, if there's a 20 a year old kid out there, or if there's a a stay at home mom or dad who might not have, you know, thousands of dollars or or they might not have a a business that they've been making a lot of money on. So they don't have a lot to invest. Still, would you suggest the whole like is it still possible to scale to start small without much money using this model and then grow from there? Or do you need like, Hey, 10, 20, $30,000 at the beginning to, to be successful?
1: Uh, Again, I I think it depends on your goals. Uh, You know, if you want to add a few hundred dollars a month to your to your, uh, let's say you have a, a regular job and, and you want to do this on the side and, and kind of, uh, get started. I think you can do it on limited, um, capital, but if you want to replace your, your daily, daily job, I think you do need a lot, a lot more capital than, uh, some people might, uh, suggest.
0: So then usually in the wholesale model, you are pre-purchasing the products as opposed to just like maybe taking a cut of the, of the profits after the sale.
1: That's how we use, that's how we do it. Uh, I know some people use terms, um, but usually terms, you know, from my experience comes with, uh, maybe larger, you know, larger purchases or larger commitments. But yeah, we, we pay, we pay up front.
0: Okay. And then like, do you actually handle any of the products yourself or does every one of your, your clients or partners send it to Amazon directly themselves?
1: Yeah, we haven't. Um, we, uh, from the beginning, that's something we've worked hard on and, and, you know, some, even after getting some, uh, some brands to, uh, to kind of give us uh, some pushback as far as shipping straight to Amazon, it's a pretty simple process. And, uh, so we, we don't touch any products. Yeah goes
0: directly. So, so you don't even, you know, you're running a $3 million business and you don't have to have some 20,000 square foot warehouse with 30 employees packaging all day.
1: No, nope, not at all. Yeah. We have a small team to, you know, to, to run and source, but nothing, we don't touch any products. We don't have a warehouse either.
0: So, uh, of, of your, you know, current sales or, or those sales from last year, like about how many brands is that? And, and appro- I mean, it's probably a lot, but you know, about approximately how many products are, are we
1: talking or SKUs are we talking about? Yeah, I think we're up to, I don't know, 20 to 30 brands and uh, maybe a hundred SKUs.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's actually less than, than I would have thought. You know, sometimes I think people think about the wholesale model. Oh, I got to take their whole entire lineup is, you know, 1000 SKUs and I'm making one sale a day here, one sale a day on this one, Mm -hmm. but that's only a hundred SKUs. You can make that kind of- There's so many
1: ways, there's so many different ways, uh, business models. That's, no, the more I talk to people and, and I network, um, feels that everyone does it a little differently. So you can see, you know, some people do have thousands of SKUs and, and I wish I did too, but that takes time mm-hmm. to, to get to that, to that level. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's different, uh, different strategies, I guess.
0: And, and what approximately, what would the profit be on, on this model? Like, or do you guys have a target? Like, Hey, we're not going to take this on unless we know we can get this kind of, this kind of profit margin
1: or what's, what's your goal usually in that? It varies. Um, depending on how much work you're going to put into, uh, helping a brand, um, you know, some products were just other se- like another seller and with other brands, uh, we have higher margins, but we might offer more, uh, kind of like services, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. so it varies. Um, you know, we, I think in wholesale, typically people shoot for maybe 15%. Uh-huh. um, but then you'll have a product where you can probably, you know, you can, you can have a 30% margin.
0: Interesting. Okay. So w- with those kind of margins, then like, how many employees do you need to kind of run, you know, to, to still be able to be profitable, keep your margins, but also be able to service, you know, what they
1: need, like, uh, for a $3 million business, let's say. Yeah. That's something I try- We're still trying to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the whole, uh, outsourcing and having a team we have a small team with a couple of vAs um me and my uh, my wife kind of run the front end with someone else that does uh more of the kind of like the sales sales calls so uh, like i said yeah it's it's not set in stone yet um mm-hmm. exactly what what the right structure should be but we're on our way you no know, it's getting so, so do you even have an office or do you work out of your house uh, we did for work out of our house, uh, for the first couple of years, uh, for the most part. And now, uh, we moved into, um, an office, uh, because I've taken on a, uh, kind of like a private label golf product. And, uh, we have, um, my business, my business partner has a little sm- small warehouse. So I'm kind of, kind of snuck in the front office for, to kind of get us out of the house and, uh, and try to grow this way.
0: Okay. So I definitely want to talk about you getting to private label. Cause that's, that's new for you since you've been doing wholesale, but right before the, like, let's say right before you, you started on the private label and going into now an office, like I'm assuming last year or something like, what was your typical day? Like, I mean, you're, you're a family and you got a wife. You know, how many children do you have?
1: I have uh, two daughters.
0: Two daughters. All right. So what was your, you know, summertime of, of, mm-hmm. of 2019, you know, you're just still strictly doing wholesale, no office. What,
1: what was your typical day? Like? Yeah. So, um, the last few years, I spent, when I, when I owned a gym, I used to, uh, teach, uh, like cycling or spinning, I guess, or spin. So yeah. I get up early to, uh, to do the six o'clock, uh, six o'clock class so I kind of got used to getting up early. So now we try to get up at five every morning, me and my wife and, uh, we'll do some work. And then at around six thirty, six forty-five, we go work out, uh, from our, uh, from our garage, I guess. And, uh, and then after that, it's a race with the kids, get them to school. And then typically we're from nine to 12. Uh, and then in the afternoon it's kind of hit and miss cause we have to drive the kids around a little bit and <laughs> then, uh, nighttime. My, my girls are gymnasts. So, uh, you know, we not, go, not hockey players, huh? No, no hockey. No, no, a little bit of skating uh, here and there, but yeah, mostly, uh, gym, uh, gymnastics. Um, yeah. And we sit there, I mean, Is that
0: painful? Is that painful all to you? There, there's not going to be one of your uh, <laughs> offspring here carrying on in the family tradition?
1: Not at all. Actually, I wanted uh, daughters, uh, kind of dates back when I played juniors in Toronto, but, yeah. Um, uh, wanted daughters. And then, uh, I mean, I still watch hockey and watch, watch hockey highlights, but it's not something that I, uh, necessarily. Uh, okay.
0: So then, so then basically sounds like, you know, you've been able to give your kids, you know, uh, the, at least the last couple of years, a lot more time, maybe than the typical, you know, parental structure where maybe mom and dad are both working eight to five. So you see mm-hmm. the kids in the morning, maybe don't see them again until, you know, six, seven at night, but but you're there when they wake up, you're, you're picking them up from school. You're, you're able to take them yourself to activities. Is that, I would assume that's a a very satisfying thing to be able to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the, 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 not the purpose, but that was the reason why we kind of chose to uh, go along the lines of e-commerce because it gives you that flexibility. But on the Hmm. flip side, um, you know, you're in charge of your own business and, and the hours you put in. So you have to be, uh, try to find that structure and that discipline to, uh, to, to put the work in when, uh, when, uh, when it's time, cause there's so many distractions. So. Yeah.
0: How has it changed? How, how has the vibe changed now, now that you are in the office or, or has it?
1: Uh, it just feels a little better when I feel when you walk in through the doors of the office, like your mindset is, yeah, I'm here to work and there's no distractions. There's no, no one ringing the doorbell dropping off some Amazon packages, for example, or, or <laughs> you know. uh, but yeah, it's good. different mindset. than you, when you, when we get home, it just feels like home again instead of the office. Huh. Cause you can kind of get trapped into the the whole, uh, like the business mindset.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now let's expand on, on that part a little bit right now. You about the office is because you're going into private label. So, was this something that you were looking to get into or was it just because, you know, you had a partner who came to you with an idea and you're like, Hey, I, I can help you with that. Or how did this come about?
1: It was actually a product I was looking to sell, um, wholesale. And then, uh, it turned out that, uh, you know, I could kind of invest into it. So, um, but at the same time I'm, I've always, and that's why I've taken Kevin's, um, uh, Kevin's training is that, when we talk, the more, like when we talk to brands, I feel the more we know about what they're going through as a brand, then we can uh, relate to their situations a little better and help them or help mm-hmm. the brand. So having my own uh, private label, I'm going through the same uh, issues or concerns or, or, or processes that they are doing, that they are going through. So hopefully uh, over the next couple of years, it's going to help me. Um, no grow my private label and at the same time grow our wholesale business.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. So is, is, has that launched yet or are you still in the process of, of, of building it up or? Uh, we're
1: just about, uh, yeah, we're just about, it, the product was around for a few years and uh, it's, so it's more of a relaunch hmm. and it's a seasonal product, obviously with golf. So for the summer, so we're, we're kind of getting ready for it.
0: So for the relaunch, is it all still going to be on like the same ASINs or these brand new ASINs that you guys are creating or how's that work?
1: Uh, yeah, same ASIN. Uh, obviously we're, we're, we're trying to get into retail. So that's, uh, that's another space, I guess, that I'm trying to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the Amazon site shouldn't be a problem. And then, uh, you know, we have our own site and then we have, uh, obviously the, the retail play that we're trying to, to get into.
0: Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Looking forward to the end of 2020 and best case scenario, what's that look like to you as far as, you know, maybe growing your, I mean, are you still planning to grow your wholesale business? Do you want to get that above 3 million? What do you, what do you think you can get that private label launch up to, or how do you envision the rest of the year turning out for you?
1: Yeah, it'll be busy. Um, yeah. I want to keep scaling, uh, obviously wholesale, um, you know, one of our focus is having better systems and processes, um, while trying to to keep this, our team intact or about the same size, um, uh, keep learning. There's so much to learn as far as, uh, you know, the different ways of, uh, the different business models and, and Amazon's changing on a, you know, on a monthly basis. So we mm-hmm. try to stay on top of that. And then, uh, you know, with our own product, uh, that'll be interesting. There's so much again to, to learn and to apply so we can uh, be successful. So.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And what about now that you have a little more time in your hands? Like, have you taken up any hobbies? You know, you're, you're in a much warmer state now than you, you grew yeah. up in and that you played <laughs> your professional career. in. so can't really go skiing that much. I
1: imagine, or, yeah, or no, yeah. ice skating or. I grew up skiing. We do that. Uh, around Christmas time, uh, typically, but, um, obviously golf's a big thing. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona now. So, uh, you know, I have some buddies that play golf. So do that a little bit. I stay busy with the kids and, and, uh, and work. Um, yeah, I spend a lot of time at Starbucks and the gymnastics gym and I'm on my computer and, uh, I'm just chipping away at this.
0: Living the life, living the life. All right. Now, before we get into your 30-second tip for us, we're going to play something called the search volume game. All right. Now, this is something that the listeners here can play along in. But what what I do with the guests now is I give you three keywords. These are keyword search terms, search in Amazon. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you three different search volumes, and they're not going to be necessarily in the same order, or they could be, you never know. But you're going to match the search volume to the keyword. And I think out of all the times I've done this, only one person has got it right because a lot of the times I do it, I find weird ones where I know they would get wrong because it's kind of a trick question. But then again, sometimes because people are thinking about that, they still get it wrong because now they're second guessing themselves. So here, you ready for the three keywords? Yeah. All right. The three keywords are hockey, hockey sticks, hockey tape. Okay. Yeah. Now the three search volumes in ascending order are 5, so one of these has 5,000 searches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of them has about 11,000. And by the way, you better not have helium 10 open trying to cheat. <laughs> but, and then the last one is about 16,000 searches. So again, 5,000, 11,000, 16,000. The three keywords are hockey, hockey sticks, hockey tape.
1: So which one is which do you think? Um... I'll say hockey is 16,000 hockey sticks would be, um, 11,000 hockey tape, 5,000. All
0: right. You got one, right? And that was the hockey hockey is 15,000, but surprisingly hockey tape is 11,000 and hockey sticks is the 5,000. And I, I would think that the reasoning maybe is, is hockey sticks is more of a, a bigger kind of purchase, you know, and maybe yeah. something that people would do, I don't know, in person, uh, they, yeah. want, they want to feel it. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. You, you have to feel your stick. I should. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then hockey tape is just something that people need constantly. So maybe that's why they're They're, they're Or actually what is hockey tape? Is that
1: yeah uh, should, for the uh, stick or
0: for your body?
1: Tapes. Uh, well, yeah, it could be both. It could be for your pads, like your shin pads, but typically it's for your stick.
0: Okay. There you go. All right. So that, that's something important. To like <laughs> always, we we need to understand our our buyers, our customer avatars' mind. So so the point I always do this game is to tell people that we can't just rely on what even if we're knowledgeable on the subject, you know, our personal mind is not necessarily that of the entire population of the country that we're trying to sell into. So always use the different tools to 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 get these insights because no matter how well, you know, your, your craft there, you know, that's not the same way that people think always. So speaking of helium 10 and using the tools in the wholesale method, how have you used helium 10? Because, you know, a lot of people think that helium 10 is only for private label sellers, but what do you use helium 10 for?
1: Yeah. uh, A lot of it is, um, I mean, we use most of the stuff that you guys have. We use profit, we use follow ups. personally, and some of my VAs use, uh, you know, some of the different tools from, uh, you know, if we're trying to figure out the potential of a brand or their products, uh, if it makes sense for us to carry it or to, um, uh, to optimize. So we will use, uh, you know, from Magnet to cere- Cerebro, um, you now we're getting more into keyword tracking, something we're learning, uh, you know, that makes a difference. Um, makes a difference for us and when we're reporting to certain brands. So, yeah, you guys have a great tool.
0: Cool, thanks. Now, let's get to I mean out of all the things you know about in e-commerce, where Amazon having a balancing family life and e-commerce, whatever, dig deep into your knowledge base here, yeah. and we've come to the part of the show we call the TST or the 32nd tip, TST 32nd tip. So, what is something of value that you can give our listeners that takes 30 seconds or less to say? but you know, might be able to to help somebody listening out there. It doesn't have to be out of e-commerce. It could be about hockey. It was whatever you want it to be just 30 seconds
1: or less and really valuable. Uh, I think looking back the last couple of years, um, I think it's just, you have to put in the work on like on a daily basis, even when you don't feel like it and, uh, kind of play the long game instead of, um, Trying to, make any, like trying to make a lot of money over a year or two, I look at it over, you know, five years or, or six, seven years until my kids are, are, are going into college. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, same as when I start, when I, I played hockey since I was three or four years old and it took me 15 years to become a pro. So it, it takes time. And, um, I think if you're patient, there's definitely, um, uh, there's a, a lot of opportunity, especially in e-commerce. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Well, Stefan, thank you so much for, for joining us on the show here. If we could give the heart trophy to, to (laughs) someone, uh, in Amazon wholesale, I think you would get the heart trophy for, for you, non-hockey fans. That's kind of like, isn't that the name of that? Like the MVP, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we got the heart trophy winner here of Amazon wholesale. Thank you so much. And I'd love to reach out to you next year and, uh, you know, 2021 and see, How many of those goals you mentioned that you were able to to reach here in 2020?
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Bradley.
0: Quick note, guys. Don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.